you love birds, Lucas? They're your favorite? Birds aren't my favorite. They're a little too high maintenance, but they're they're cool. Yeah. All right, everyone. Welcome to, well, this week, for sure this time, episode 42. A little right. correction from what I said last week. Uh, I'm excited about this one. This is something Lucas and I have been talking about doing for quite a while and just trying to find the right person and kind of the right timing between when they got their animal and now. So tonight we are going to be doing a segment where we talk to a new keeper, someone who just got into reticulated pythons and get just kind of a feel of what their experience has been like thus far. Yeah, I'm excited for it too. I think this is like one of the first things that we tried doing or talked about doing. And, uh, you know, we went through times of trying to find someone, then we kind of forgot about it. And uh, yeah, so um, we're really excited. We are bringing Amy on. Amy is one of our Patreon members. Uh, she is definitely in the reptile scene. And so she's going to get the opportunity to introduce herself and talk about the animals that she has. Um but uh, I think I met her back uh, on on Cusco's Patreon, I think, for the first time. So uh, she is uh, really knowledgeable with reptiles and uh, just has a passion for them. So uh, we are doing our new keeper segment, but we are going to be following her around. So this is going to be the first episode that we do with her. And we're going to follow her experience for a year, maybe longer. Uh, if this is a segment that goes well, then um, we're definitely going to do that. But before we bring her on... Um, just want to remind you guys, uh, if you have not gotten a chance to check out our Patreon, that link is right there or there. Um, I, I'm still not, yeah, just, I just need to point straight down. Um, but, um, come join us. We got six, uh, over 60 members and we're growing. It's a great community. Um, and of course I don't want you guys to forget, um, everything that just happened at us Arc Florida. They finished those hearings and now there is, uh, updates that are being, um, made in terms of how the hearings went on the YouTube channel. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, Nathan, you got anything else before we bring Amy back? No, let's jump on into it. Whether you're just getting into retics or you've been breeding for years, the first place you want to visit is Stewart Design. More and more breeders keep showing up at shows, on Morph Market, and all over socials. Sometimes it may feel impossible to get anyone's attention. Stewart Design helps small businesses like yours do big things through brand clarity, helping entrepreneurs to start and scale businesses that are easy to know and love. Their work can help any company or industry, but they've done a ton of work for ours. Stewart Design created the brand for US Arcs, Canova, Reach Out Reptiles, Coiled, and dozens of other well-known reptile breeders. Like many of us, the owner of Stewart Design, Blake, is a keeper and breeder who fell in love with retics. Although Stewart Design does a lot of corporate work, Blake has a passion for working with people in the reptile industry. So, wondering if Stewart Design is right for you? Stewart Design can help if you're just getting started or you're ready to take things to the next level. Maybe you're struggling to stand out and build your presence online or at shows. And maybe you don't want to be like the other guys or get lost in the crowd. You want to make your own way doing what you love. You might just have a big idea and know your business is special, but you need help sharing it with the reptile community. If something here resonates with you, reach out to Blake. Have a conversation with him. To learn more or get started, visit sdidentity.com or call them at 855-SD-LOGOS. 
clear brand own markets steward design helps create them if you are in the market for an enclosure for your reticulated python or any other one of your reptiles Focus Cubed Habitats is your one-stop shop for not only the best-looking cages on the market, but also provide amazing features and add-ons to your cages. We partnered with Focus Cubed Habitats because they continue to innovate and change the way we house our animals unlike any other caging company out there. Their cages are designed intelligently and provide the most stylish and secure housing for your animals' comfort and well-being. Visit focuscubedhabitats.com for your animal's caging needs. Again, visit focuscubedhabitats.com for some amazing and stylish enclosures. We also want to thank VivTech Products for being an affiliate sponsor of the Retic Lounge. Stop by VivTech Products for the best UV spectrum lighting on the market that will enhance and improve your snake's overall well-being and health. Visit VivTechProducts.com and use the code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Again, visit VivTechProducts.com and use our affiliate code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Looking for the perfect accessories for your hatchlings or juvenile retics? Look no further than Heli Guy Serpents. Our sponsor, Chris Sexton, is coming in hot with an amazing 3D printer creating top-notch perches and other caging accessories for your beloved pets. Enrich your retics environment with their high-quality products. Use our promo code TRL10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Visit them today at heliguyserpents.com and start giving your pets the best. Heliguy Serpents, the premier source for 3D-printed caging accessories. Again, that's www dot heliguyserpents.com and use our promo code TRL10 for 10% off all of your 3D printed accessories today. All right, let's go ahead and bring her in. Amy. Hi guys. How's it going? Going well. Good, good. good. Um, really happy that you did this last minute. For those of you that don't know, we had our Friday night Patreon live kind of threw the idea out at her and she's like, I'm packing to leave the country. Um, <laughs> and I was like, so you're down? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> Just a quick break from packing. That's right. right. Good break. Yeah. Need it. <laughs> exactly. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, give yourself the introduction that you definitely deserve because mine was terrible. Um, start. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Uh, well, I'm Amy Bruner. I am a physician in Portland, Oregon, and I've been in practice about 25 years, crazy enough, and always have had animals, always have had unusual animals, and had a little break during training and uh, moving and starting new practices and all that. But then my son said, hey, mom, can we get a bearded dragon? And I was like, What's that? <laughs> and then it was downhill from there. Oh, geez. How long ago was the bearded dragon? Just a little under three years. Okay. Oh, so you've grown a lot. Yeah. In those three years. Cool. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one then. Well, like I said, I've always had animals. I When I was in grade school, middle school, I, I had a baby skunk. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. Yeah, lots I, of I had baby potbelly pigs growing up, but that was about the weirdest or coolest thing that I did because we didn't live like on a farm. They were in our backyard. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
here in Portland. So, <laughs> um, any other cool animals growing up? Oh my goodness! It was the usual mix of uh, hamsters and goldfish and parakeets and cats and dogs. Nothing too crazy. It wasn't until more recently that I wanted to get into reptiles. Okay, and so you started with the bearded dragon. Yeah. How was that? <laughs> A lot of fun. Very cool. Um, of course, my son was enamored right at the beginning and it was like his comfort animal forever you know he'd come home from school put that beardy on his shoulder and go do his homework um, soon after we got our first ball python and that's his second comfort animal and uh, usually she's wrapped around his headphones while he's doing his homework that's awesome yeah it's pretty cool can't do that with a retake they'll pee on you yeah um. and they don't <laughs> which i'm learning <laughs> Yeah, you'd be way too distracted with a retic. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I asked about your, your experience with the bearded dragon because I always see videos of them and people always have them like on their shoulder. They look super sociable. But I got my buddy into reptiles and he decided to go with the bearded dragon. And that bearded dragon wants nothing to do with him. Um, and I was like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> Once in a while, you get that odd personality, right? Right. Um, and what's cool about beard is you can see that look in their eye. Like whenever I'm over and I see her, uh, you could just tell she's looking at you from the side eye. It's like, leave me alone. Don't mess with me. Yes. I got my son a t-shirt that says silently judging you with a bearded right. dragon on it. <laughs> um, so you said ball python, bearded dragon. What else do you keep in terms of reptiles? Yeah, well, I actually have two ball pythons. The second one is my special needs boy. He's, um... Oh gosh, I can't remember all the genes he has, but he does have some spider in him, so he has a bit of a wobble and sometimes misses his prey. And love that. It's very cute. Yeah, he's very derpy, um, but he's bright yellow with just little brown lines all over, and he's he's super sweet. Um, two leopard geckos, one that's almost 18 years old, that I adopted at age 14. Wow. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, um, redfoot tortoise and black and white tegu. That's that's our first ball python there, the retic right there. Uh, let's see, <laughs> a Chinese cave gecko, and then I've got the three dumerals, the beardy. I know you're obsessed with the dumerals. Yeah. What, <laughs> tell us about that. What do you like about the dumerals? I love them. I think they're beautiful. I just yeah, it, that's mainly it. I just love the look, the the pattern. Um, I am a little partial to more. Um, I guess the natural colors and the natural morphs of, not morph, but you know what I mean, the natural colors of things. Um, I don't usually go for the morphs. The, <laughs> other, the one that I do have was kind of a serendipitous obtaining of him. It was part of a um, Cusco's live stream giveaway. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so he's super sweet, but- um, Shout out to Cusco. I know, exactly. Who am I forgetting? The Beardy? I think that's everybody. Except for the dog, cat, chickens. Awesome. Quail, boy, <laughs> or two. <laughs> okay, this makes me feel a little less busy. Right, right. <laughs> I know, right? My zoo. And, and I mean, that's what's cool. It's, it's eclectic. There's a little bit of everything in there. Um, do you mind if I ask you about uh, mm -hmm. the Tegu? I was obsessed with them yeah. for probably... Oh probably five to seven years um a little bit before i met my wife and then i gave up on trying to get one two years ago because she wasn't budging she budged on the snakes right and i was like yeah, if i just stay persistent it'll happen and no she really like stood her ground with 
interesting. She's like, I don't want don't want to. I mean, she's not a reptile person, yeah. so uh, the fact that I got like thirty plus retakes in my garage is, I'm already pushing it. That's, that's um, good. <laughs> so, are are they great? I love her. Um, you know, they're well. Of course, they're all going to have their own personality, right? Um, she does like to just do what she's going to do, no matter what. So you can't get her in her way. In her way, it's kind of like a little bulldozer just working her way through the living room and then into the bathroom and the bedroom. And every once in a while, I pick her up and she gives me a little nuzzle and then she climbs off my shoulder and out the door. <laughs> <laughs> so they're super fun to watch. And, um, you know, right now she's not brewmating, but she's been pretty quiet this last last month or so. She's just starting to wake up, I think. Okay, How cool. old is she? Uh, just a few years old. Okay. And she's already a pretty big girl. Yeah, yeah. She's at least three feet. I know. I, I wish you her out. Sorry. <laughs> no, that that's okay. I mean, it probably would cause chaos with the laptop. I know. And, and um, the dogs. Yeah. Right. This would not do well. <laughs> um does she ever go for your toes? No, not okay. at all. She's never, never tried to bite, never tried to nibble on anything. If anything, she just climbs over me. Awesome. <laughs> like, you're in my way, Mom. <laughs> so now getting into the retake side of thing. Yeah. Um, how long have you been wanting one? When did you first hear about retakes or, or were interested? Like, give us that whole story, mm. like, when you were first like, ooh, retakes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I already had, of course, the ball pythons and a couple of the doomerals. I have one baby one right now. Um, and just watching YouTube and different keepers and, and learning about the different snakes and how you have to keep them to keep them healthy. And, and of course, running across um, Reach Out Reptiles and a um, bunch of other people that have retics. And, and I was just, fascinated by how intelligent they were and how much personality they have, all the colors, even though I like the localities more. Um, and so I just kept my ears open. I just kept reading about it and thinking about it. And, and so when yours came available, I was like, that's the one, you know, it just, I do that. I, I kind of think about things for a while, but if the right one comes up, I jump. And were you always planning on pure locality and something small? I was leaning toward that, yeah, but partly because of my space, of course. Um, all, all my reptiles are in my living room. <laughs> that's so awesome. I know, right? It, and that's partly because I just want to be able to keep an eye on everybody and, and be able to, you know, check them out and make sure everybody's doing well because I'm pretty busy otherwise in my practice and family life. So if they were in another room, it'd be too easy to ignore, you know? So I like having them close by. I got rid of my couch last year to make room. <laughs> <laughs> I, that is amazing. I know. I the sheer commitment. Sacrifice. Right. The <laughs> love. I got a chair. That's all I need. <laughs> Giving up our creature comforts for creature comfort. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's like couch or more enclosures. Enclosures. <laughs> yeah. Take notes, listeners. Who <laughs> picks it up? <laughs> so how long ago did you stumble across the information? Like on, on Superdorfs and like when you started, like when the idea was like, hmm, I'm contemplating this. Well, I'd say at least a year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's partly because I was also in the process of doing the, more of the Doomerals. 
mm-hmm. and had kind of run across one of those that I really wanted, um, was the right colors, male, I was looking for a male. And um, so he was still pretty little and I didn't want to jump into a new one right away. Um, but now here we are. <laughs> so she, she passed the test of not an impulsive buyer. So that's, that's great. <laughs> You get a gold star from me, Lucas. Can't right. Those out because he yeah. doesn't. Have- the blood. Oh, blood python. I didn't tell you about the blood python. That's right. She was a little bit more of an impulse, although I'd always wanted one of those too. <laughs> yeah, blood pythons have always been something I'm super interested in. I I always get into debates about people with blood. I always, a lot of people um, don't see them as large constrictors, but I definitely. Oh yeah. You know, I especially with oh. the weight that they can get. Um, yeah. They get heavier than some superdors do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. she is. She's definitely heavier, um, just girthier, right? Yeah. 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 And you know, being ground boa, it's not like they hold on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hold on to them. That's actually pretty funny. Now that you think about, it. I didn't even like realize that whole concept with bloods. I always see people holding them, and it's like literally they are holding them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can I, I can let go of my retic, and it's got at least one coil on me totally different it's really interesting oh big yawn oh sorry so <laughs> a year into wanting a superdorf and what kind of preparation did you do like to um like when did you feel comfortable with getting one like well um the timing was really good for me in that i had recently purchased four um enclosures and hadn't put them all together yet. So I was just kind of putting them together as I, as I needed. And it was, um, you know, these ones up here, the six by three by two. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And so I knew I had the enclosure um, because of the other reptiles, you always have hides and foliage and branches and high, you know, things around. So I had plenty of stuff. Um, and I felt really comfortable with being able to set up temperatures and humidities and, and brightness, you know, the light, different setups for all the different types of reptiles that didn't seem that much harder. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to ask, in your research before getting a super dwarf, did you notice yeah. much of a difference between the care of your other animals in terms of setup? Not really. I mean, I think probably, I'm going to say probably the hardest one it's going to be the tegu because she wants so much humidity mm. uh, and heat, a really hot spot. And I guess, oh, oh and I forgot to tell you, banded um, lizard, <laughs> a collared, okay. no, collared lizard, collared lizard. This, so, is gonna, this is going to be something like every five minutes in this episode. It's like, oh, I forgot. Right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that one too. Yeah, Mr. Dash, he's super fast. Um, he's super cool, but he needs really hot temperatures, but no humidity. So that's kind of easy. But when you have both, it's harder. You know, yeah. keep the temperature up. Um, so for the reticulous, pretty pretty straightforward. The only thing I'm still working on is finding the right hot spot because the height, you know, I'm used to the taller enclosures and so getting a fixture that isn't too close to the ground, mm-hmm. uh, giving a nice hot spot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, I mean, almost across the board for snakes in general, it's like, if it's ambient at 80 degrees around there, just about any snake can can live in that. And then hot spots are going to, uh, you know, vary from snake to snake. But, yeah, I think that's pretty straightforward. Um, and so you mentioned you have a bunch of, like, 
clutter and stuff laying around with all your other snakes and everything. So what, how did you design your, your retix first enclosure? Well, I knew they were more arboreal than the other ones that I have. So I don't know if you can see behind me, but there's definitely a lot more sticks and branches. Um, my backyard is basically a forest, so I can gather up quite a bit of sticks over time and um, shape them out how I want them. Um, I've got a lot of um, foliage, you know, the fake foliage, because I wanted to give her lots of places she could climb around and hide if she needed to. Um, but also the temperature gradient and I don't know if you can see, there's also a sky hide up there that she loves. I do see that. I was yeah. just about to ask if that was yeah. a panel or a sky hide. Oh, yeah. She was there this morning, and now she's down on the ground watching me every time I walk by. Where's dinner? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds yep. about right. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so expectations. Um, so, well, how how old is she? So what age is she? And, and, um, I know I sold her to you, but I mean, this is, I want to, I, I, I want to, I know. I... <laughs> a little over a year. Um, in fact, I glanced at my card you got me, which I love, you know, the February. So a little over a year as of February. Um, what else about her? I don't know. Um, being a locality, I'm thinking in the future, possibly doing some breeding. I'm not hundred percent sure yet. Of course, I've got the, 1.2 dumerals that could be a possibility may look into different retics in the future too yeah when i retire <laughs> is that around the corner oh, wishful thinking i have a son still in high school <laughs> okay fair I, I don't know how long you've been practicing um i, I know so yeah <laughs> i have a couple people that were colleagues but now they are retired and they're like um, in their mid fifties and they just had very successful private practices. And, and I think they retired like at the age of 50, I was like, okay, that's impressive. That'd be nice to get that to that. That would be nice. That would be nice. Right. I like to travel too much. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. So a year old, um, yep. and let's, uh, it's a Calto locality. Mm -hmm. Um, what, um, so expectations have they been met in terms of everything you've read about them like give us kind of what that has been like you know um also how long have you had her um i just looked that up and now i can't remember was it march april i can't remember that's why i asked no i was looking for your texts to see what was the date on this <laughs> okay so you've had her for maybe not it even... was snowing. It was snowing, and we had to wait before you could ship her out because we kept having this weird. I mean, Portland, we don't get much snow. We kept having these weird and mid-March snows. You you got the end of our uh, all of our precipitation. From mm -hmm. Utah. We yep. are having the winter most uh, <laughs> snowfall on record. Um, because yeah, because you had texted me March march 8th and we were talking about how it was still cold and couldn't go so we'll okay. see that so just close to two months yeah yeah all right it's a blur give our listeners a rundown what's it been like being a retail keeper um for two months now yeah super super exciting super fun um i think one of the things that's a little different is not getting her as a hatchling um you know so she ate right away she's you know super curious um, just really fun to watch her explore her surroundings. Um, I wanted to build her all these things to climb on and, um, but I have dogs too. So I have to be careful 
you know, having her out without me just right there. So don't get to do that as much as I want to yet. Um, but yeah, just watching her move is so different um, with the climbing through the branches and up to the sky hide. The other ones are mostly in the dirt. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, you, yeah, most of your other snakes are ground dwellers. Yeah, yeah. That is true. That's so interesting. And as far as all the snakes in the household, is it is it quickly becoming one of the favorites with all the family members? Oh, yeah. Um, actually, Devin, Devin, I don't know. He hasn't really handled her very much. Okay. He's okay. got his, you know, he's got his ball python, his Samantha, okay. his girlfriend. <laughs> he's listening to me now. He's like, Mom, <laughs> bye. Um, so let me ask you this. How have you been getting her out? Because I know I was tap training her and I was doing all that. What's what what have you been doing? Yeah, I, I'm not the best example for that. I mean, I have I well, have no, a... I, I would like to hear like if you aren't tap training her, I think that that would be really cool. Like I'd be interested because uh, yeah. she was one that I did a lot of choice based handling and just kind of let her. Exactly. Do her. Exactly. Is that what you're doing? Pretty much. Um, I'll kind of lean my arm against the open door, you know, along the side and watch her and she'll kind of flick at me. And if she's looking curious, I'll kind of gently scoop her up and see um, where she wants to go. Um, there are a couple times where I'm just like, oh, you're not in the mood. I'll just close the door now. <laughs> but most of the time she wants to come out. Um, but she loves to go as high as she can. I have to watch out for her wanting to get up to the top of the enclosures and then just disappearing behind the back. Um, so, oh, no, come back. <laughs> and I walk around with her a bit and she looks around as I'm walking. It's, it's pretty cool to see how much they can extend, which is interesting. They're so strong. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, food response. Let's talk about that because I'm sure as you were doing um, research on retics and you probably have heard from a bunch of people about crazy food response and getting bit. And I mean, yeah. you said you're not using a hook right now. So like, what's, I mean, have you observed that? Have you seen that? What What's, uh, what's so kind of like your point of view of that? Yeah, so far so good. But again, I, I like to just sort of watch them first before approaching anyway. Um, but yeah, she definitely goes right for the food when I do have it. But I haven't really had any issues with her thinking that I'm bringing food at a certain point. Maybe because I don't, I kind of open it and I wait and I just sit here and I kind of watch her and she watches me and, and if she looks calm enough, I'll gently touch her and go from there. But um, it's early still, it's only two months, right? Yeah. <laughs> My, um, my little special needs ball is more <laughs> more likely to bite me because he misses misses the food. <laughs> so, I mean, that's pretty. I'm almost curious as we go through this and as mm -hmm. we yeah talk more down the road, um, getting to kind of grow with this animal and with you two yeah. together, um, how that changes. Like as she starts to get bigger and gain bigger size. Um, like Nathan, I don't know if you've experienced this before, but I oftentimes with like the smaller snakes, I can do the same thing and open open a tub or open an enclosure, mm -hmm. wait there, um, and they are for the most part able to kind of think, get out of that food mode, uh, mm -hmm. and and then I can grab them. But um, you know, I will say for females or males, once they get bigger, um, right. I notice like if I go into my garage and I'm in my garage. 
um, not even thawing out food. Some of them are winding up to like hit the glass. Um, and yeah. so when, when I open that enclosure, there is no way I'm not putting a hook um, in between I've us. Watching. I've been definitely watching for that, you know, just in yeah. case. <laughs> I, I definitely feel like that's a uh, breeding behavior yeah. more than anything. Okay. Uh, Cause even, even now that uh, I have no females cycling in my room, my male has become a much more pleasant animal to deal with again. <laughs> and it's, you know, brightened my opinion of him a little bit. Right. right. <laughs> Getting same same with the females who were super food aggressive. Like, <laughs> I mean, my purple's super heavy back on food, but she's not like constantly searching for it again. And same with the annery. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's more just cycling behavior or male breeding behavior more than anything else. <laughs> yeah. I, and I will say for some of my females, I've noticed it more, but once they hit that three-year-old mark, they start to go through a growth spurt, right. two and a half to three years old. Anytime they're going through that phase of just like where they gain some decent size in a shorter period of time than usual, I notice that just that food response is yeah, that makes sense. not fun. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I'm growing, feed me. Right. I mean, um, I have one snake that always thinks it's food time. So, no you kidding. know, opening up the cage, even when you think you're in a good spot, can quickly turn. Yeah. My dog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm glad to hear that things are actually going well in terms of just, uh, you know, the, the again, that's kind of like one of the things are like, I feel like in today's world, like back then they used to be like, oh, retics are aggressive. They're mean animals. Now the only big warning that you typically get about retics other than potential size is food aggressiveness, right? That food response. And that's like the main danger that they have. And so it seems like so far you're saying your experience has kind of been just she's uh, she's a thinker. Yeah, I, I see that because I do notice if I'm opening um, her enclosure and she will turn quick. Like I, I can see that she's thinking that there might be something goody there, but she doesn't jump as fast as, as some of the other ones might. And, and if I just give her time, she does seem to figure it out, which is nice. And just my theory, but I don't think much is going to change in our follow-ups just based <laughs> on your approach, Amy. And <laughs> I don't think all of us give our retics ample enough time to think and kind of right. feel out the situation and we kind of force ourselves into the situation maybe a little bit too soon a little too rushed yep yeah, yeah. i mean that's very true that's why i i'm so into all the different reptiles because i love to see their behaviors and how they react and and it's so fascinating when i notice them watching me I'm like what are they thinking you know mm -hmm. what's what's catching their eye about me walking by and then going Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> right. We need we need more observers in yeah. the retic and reptile industry for sure. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's there's always that part about um, speaking to like keepers, right? Versus mm -hmm. speaking to a breeder, and that's why like this segment of new keeper that we do, it's always amazing to have people on because they're not taking the breeder approach, and so um, they're spending that time really observing they don't have you know a bunch of those same species where they just go through the monotonous you know things that they need to do to you know put in a good mm -hmm. days of work in with your reptiles um 
And yeah, because I will say um, my experience with choice based handling has been very positive. Um, but there are times where I'm in there and I have a lot to do. And so I don't get the opportunity to do that. Um, and choice based handling works yeah, really, really well, unless there's like the very, very hungry animal. <laughs> like choice based with my wild caught, it's her choice is always food. And until she's biting something or she's been tapped with a hook, there's yeah. no stopping her. Oh, um, yeah. Same with the, you know, this new Solaire that I have um, <laughs> with just how our relationship is right now. No way in hell am I letting a 70 pound snake have this choice based handling where I can be six feet away from the enclosure and she can still lunge out and rock me if she wanted to. Well, and choice based handling becomes a ton more difficult when you have more animals than hours in the day. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Thanks, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I, mean, I, mean, yeah. I don't have that many, but I feel that sometimes too. Jeez, you just you that put into perspective. Like, damn it, I got a lot of well, animals. <laughs> uh, I I had that perspective for myself the other day. I'm like, oh, I have 26 animals in my tiny little house right now. Like, right. Oh God. <laughs> I know. Like, I haven't counted in a while. <laughs> I'll just tell you that don't, when I go and my my 16 year old son is like, don't get any more, mom. Right. When a six-year-old um, tells you that, okay, you probably have enough. <laughs> I, I stop counting at like 25. So I just tell yeah. people 25 and then people at work will be like, how many you have? And I'll just tell them like 25. I'm not including the hatchling rack I have or like the, the six more than yeah. I've gotten since the 25. Um, yeah. At some point for my, um, I don't like calling myself out. So I'm, it, I have 25, 20, 25. Um, <laughs> Oh man. So <laughs> I love the air quotes. <laughs> yeah. The close up air quotes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Lucas was looking. No. <laughs> no. Oh, did you... Yeah. you you also put him up? I thought you were referring to Yeah. Um <laughs> I've done good though. I've I've sold animals, so I got less than I did two weeks ago. Nice. Um We need a, a retix anonymous. Yeah. Um or Set up going. Repti mm. Yeah, exactly. That, that I won't use that group for any good right now. <laughs> uh, Amy, how do you go? Like, so I know a lot of people have talked about tap training um, or not tap training, um, target training or yeah. trying to do some type of like, so since you're, you're using this approach of just like the thinking, have you considered, since it's still early on, have you considered any form of... Uh, utilizing kind of their higher level of intelligence to find some type of um man what's the word i'm thinking about it's a weekend so my my psychology <laughs> brain is not on conditioning yeah, um yeah and you know i i do follow lori lori torini and okay. love her stuff and and what she's doing with all her animals and i have been sort of shopping around for targets or trying to figure out what i want to do um, to try that, but just, it's another thing to do. Unfortunately, right now it's a little, yeah, I would, if you, that's something that you really do want to try and go for, I'd recommend, uh, talking with Duran and just getting a few of his pointers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Duran does it too. That's right. But let me also, um, let me also provide you. So target training is pretty cumbersome at the beginning. You have to feed smaller meals very frequently to get that condition status to be going and, and, but let me try to offer maybe something that if you are busy, because again, you are a physician and you have, you know, children and 
Um, but maybe doing something like three taps. X amount of X amount of time. Yeah. So like on the side of the enclosure, typically um, I did this early on when I only had a few retakes um, and, it, and it worked very, very well. But um, so whatever side that they were on, um, on the opposite side is where I typically would feed them. Um, and so on that side, I would just tap with my finger on the side of it. Doom, doom, doom. Like uh-huh. try to do it that same way every single time and um it got to the point you don't do what i do and just wave your hand on the other side and then quickly do the other side no i do that now (laughs) that's that's, what i do it's a dance that's what i do yeah (laughs) yeah um right like trying to get long enough for that (laughs) when i'll have sean over i'm like hey sean go on the other side right now and get the snake over on your side (laughs) so i can open up the enclosure um but no, I would tap it three times. And so it got to the point where I, when I would walk by, when I would do things, uh, when I'd be thawing them out, they really wouldn't be glass surfing, waiting for food or anything. They would stand there. But as soon as I tap three times, you would see them just like they're go like, right. And like, they're, they're ready. Okay. Um, Try it. Yeah, that sounds So good. that's a way for them to elicit the, oh, that tapping is associated with feeding. So therefore any other time that the enclosure is being open and that tapping ceases to exist Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they start to realize oh i'm not being fed Mm, i like it i'll check it out it's easier than tap training probably probably like the the results are not nearly probably as effective or the same in terms of like not getting bit in terms (laughs) of like sticking your arm in like right right and putting it in front of its face right Right. as you open the enclosure yeah probably not no but at uh, least it gives it some kind of routine and consistency if you do it every single time i think it, it can't be hurtful yeah no because i'll tell you what they knew every single time when that tap was coming they were fed um now whether they knew every time i didn't tap and they weren't being fed i couldn't tell you but i would tell you that during those times when i would open the door outside of the tap they're response in a food way was way less than what my animals are right now with me not doing that just less in frequency that you would have those anomalies or just a Um, little bit lower altogether like the intense like they would become alert and they would look right and they would kind of observe but like if i go to any of my snakes enclosures right now and i just opened up like they're coming like they're 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 coming ready Mm. uh there's no way around that Cool. I would say besides the younger ones, but that's probably because they're more scared and just waiting and thinking. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Nathan, why are you laughing? Nothing. I'm being a, chi- I'm being a child. <laughs> I saw I saw the cue right away. Uh, so, what else? What else? Hmm. What next? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm curious. So, you, so oh, yes. it looks like you're going naturalistic. Uh, yeah. Does it not bioactive? I'm assuming right now. Not it's, yet. Of course, you know, with the most of the snakes, you put any kind of live plant in there, they're gonna squish. Oh, dart frogs and crested gecko. Oh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> Almost right on cue. Because <laughs> they are kind of more bioactive. You oh know, yeah. Whole drainage layer and the isopods and yeah, you got to do it. Yeah, live plants. So yeah, they're on the other side of these enclosures. They're in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So 
I do have substrate in pretty much all the, the enclosures and a little bit different mixes depending on whether they're more tropical or more desert type animals. And um, I do have misters going in the more tropical and I've got the humidifiers and all my little sensors. I, I am kind of a geek when it comes to electronics. So I do like all the little bells and whistles. Um, look on my phone to see what everybody's temperature and humidity is. What do you use? Well, you know, mostly the Gobi ones, um, but I did okay. get, I did get, I'm blanking on the name of the one that you like. Um, oh, darn it. You're going to, okay, so um, <laughs> that was wrong answer, should only be VivTech. Um, <laughs> oh, I just got, yeah, it's sitting over here somewhere, I just got two VivTech to try out. Sweet. And Yes, yes. I just haven't got him hooked up to my Wi-Fi because I need 2.4 or something instead of my 5. So Yeah. Were you referring to Sensor Push? Yes. Thank you. So I have yeah. one of those and then two of the yeah. VivTech that I just got. I, I absolutely love my Sensor Push, um, but I know that that price range is not for everybody. And so for any of you that are listening, um, we're talking about measuring ambient temperature. So I, I have... I probably have like $500 worth of sensor push in my yeah. garage and that's not including the $100 gateway. Um, and I did an experiment where I put all of my sensor pushes all in the same area. I removed them. I put them all in the same area and I used two VivTech uh, sensors and I put them in that same area. And the greatest variance um, I had was like after, after three days of them like all in the same area was like 1.2 degrees off. Um, but I also had variations with my sensor pushes. Mm -hmm. So um, for some, it was only like 0.4 degrees off of one of my sensor pushes. Um, you know, the one that's like about 50 or 60 bucks. Um, but I'm actually very pleasantly surprised at how affordable they are and mm -hmm. the accuracy of um, of their their okay. readings. Yeah. 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 Humidity okay. readings were pretty on point, too. It was within like one or two percent. And I have UV, um, you know, the VivTech bulbs in most, definitely for my Tegu and for all the hot, hot animals, but um, slowly transitioning over most of them to that too. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited about that. I just turned mine on for the experiment yesterday. So just mm -hmm. been, you know, watching with my VivTech monitor. I, it's kind of cool because that VivTech monitor I've been able to put in my incubator and mm -hmm. now it's just on a little, uh, suction cup so i've been able to move it all around my room like oh, put it camera. on different windows yeah. Yeah, yeah if i need to like while the snake's eating put it up on an enclosure but uh yeah i'm excited to catch him basking finally under the light but haven't <laughs> caught it quite yet he's just like cool. off to the side I, i've noticed with my homahara the cryptic basking they they do a lot so they'll get some form of it um you know and i don't know i think maybe as the animals age and get more confident and come out more because yeah. um, I'm noticing just sky hide like the snake is in the sky hide all the time he's pretty confident so I, I, I think I'll see him under there pretty soon well I know um, I noticed a difference with my beardy you know he would always as much as possible be underneath the uh, VivTech so it was kind of nice to see that yeah um, so any of you listening you're like oh what's this go to their website and use Retic Lounge 23 Yay. For fifteen percent off. Um, <laughs> uh, so, oh. 
if you um has there been any part of keeping a retic that has kind of not met expectations so far Gosh. did you have expectations first off like are, i guess that's part of it too is do you really have expectations i don't know i mean i think i like so many different types of reptiles that i was kind of open to almost anything that she'd bring um I definitely wanted to see one that was more active and more curious, and she's got that for sure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see as she grows older if that changes much and um, and how her personality grows too. Yeah, I, I'm excited to hear just because I, when I was getting into larger snakes, went the boa route, thought that was like the direction I was going to go, and just quickly found out through a mentor of mine that I much more enjoyed uh, the personality of reticulated pythons. So I'm, I'm excited to see what you think between the personalities as we go on. Yeah. Since yeah. I have some different ones too, to see how they change too. Well, and, and doomerals are kind of like cheating because they all have pretty great personalities <laughs> compared pretty to like BCI, BCC. Yeah. They, they went out personality wise. You also don't see them that much. I mean, half the time I have to dig through the substrate to figure out where they are. Oh, that's true. <laughs> right? That's always a fun dig. <laughs> yeah. Bump into them. Oh, hello. <laughs> Hope you don't get bit. So I, I, for those of you listening, I'd like you to drop down in the comments. Um, should we do this every three months, every four months? Mm-hmm. Um, I think How at f- least every three months, in my opinion, just so we have like a quarterly thing, we get four good updates within the, the first year. And then I feel like year two, it's a female, right? Yep. So this is maybe just my observation in my small collection. And I've raised pretty much everything from hatchling to adult. I noticed that the males hit their growth spurt a little bit sooner than the females. I think the males kind of hit it right around 18 months to two years where the females are kind of like two and a half to three years. They really hit their growth spurt. So it'll be interesting to yeah, definitely see what you think personality wise when it gets close to that growth spurt time. Excited to see. Yeah. Um, Amy, want to give you the opportunity. You can either share where people can find you or if you want to share what, what different patrons you're on or any other information in regards to tonight's episode that you want to share before we kind of sign out and we'll meet back up with you in about three or four months. Well, I definitely love the Patreon here with uh, everybody super active and fun and friendly and knowledgeable to hang out with. Um, I'm not myself that much on, on social media, but I do have a website, amybrunermd.com. There you go. <laughs> So that's something. <laughs> awesome. Um, it was fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah, no, it was a pleasure to have you guys on, uh, or to have you on. Um, <laughs> you guys, Nathan, Nathan no, Toe is on here with her, me. Her, her son passed by. Oh, like, that's right. He yeah, he made an appearance. Apart. A cameo. And, I, <laughs> and if, I mean, if he does end up interacting with the retic a lot and ends up gaining a little bit of a relationship, I think we'd love to hear from him as well. Okay. Yeah, I'll check yeah. with him that too all right um so before we sign out um want to remind you guys um if you guys are listening to us on youtube but you want to try us out on the other platforms we're on spotify and we're also on apple podcasts 
Uh, and yeah, we are. I mean, we're over the 500 sub mark. Um, and just we're want to remind you guys, getting to a thousand. Yeah. yeah. We're getting there. And so um, just to remind you guys, we haven't been following up every episode, but we are doing a uh, 1,000 subscriber giveaway where you'll get about a $250 VivTech products package sent out to you for free. And then for every 100 subs after 1,000, we are going to be giving away a US Arc bronze membership to a member. Um, who is part of the TRL community. So um, help share, help get the word out, and hopefully you guys will get an amazing package of VivTech products uh, when we announce the winner. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. All right, Nathan, you got anything? No, this was a fun one, and I'm excited for our next episode. Same. All right, <laughs> everyone, thanks for listening. Amy, thank you so much for coming on. We'll see you in a few months. Okay. Have Take a good care. night. Bye, guys. Bye.